Hey everyone, you're listening to Ankur Variku on Voice with Variku. On this podcast, I talk to you about entrepreneurship, how to grow in life, manage personal finances, handle failures, and a lot more things that just come to my mind. The episode begins. In this podcast episode, I wanted to share with you my fitness journey where for the first 32 years of my life, I genuinely just abused my body. Not thankfully to substances, but just through the abuse of food and treating my body as a dustbin. I grew up in Delhi and for me, street food was the flavor that I loved. Chole bature and chaat papri and tikki and bread pakore and whatnot. <laughs> I'm actually drooling while I say this out loud to you all. And uh, I love my junk food. I love my street food. I love fried food because I'm a Kashmiri. As it is, our cuisine is also quite rich and it's oily and it's fried. So there was no holding back. I, I had very little reverence for this miracle that we live inside, which is our body. And I just kept pushing it every single day by saying, oh, tomorrow will be the day when I'll fix it. Tomorrow will be the day when I'll fix it. And I remember... I was about 90 kgs at the age of 32. I'm 5'10", 5'11", so 90 is clearly overweight. I should be around 78 according to my height, which as it is will be at the higher end of the BMI if that's what you consider as a fitness indicator. And I was never into fitness. I never exercised. I was a late riser. I was very irregular with my meals. I was very irregular with my sleep. And the only thing, frankly, that worked for me was that while I was awake, I was disciplined and I followed an order. But when I would go to sleep, what I would eat in the meantime when I was awake, all of that was just, frankly, just random. And I'm not proud of who I was back then. <laughs> I remember it's it's one of those days where you just wake up and you realize, oh my God, I have to do something about my weight and I have to do something about my chubby cheeks and my paunch and whatnot. So I wake up one morning, decide that I should consider exercising. So I go down to the park that's in front of our house and I start exercising and I'm, and I'm jumping and I'm doing things that frankly, I'm not even meant to do because my body's not even used to it. And I think something snapped. I'm not so sure and I can never be sure. But what I do know is that within two days, I was in intense pain. And this pain was in my right hip. And this pain was making it really hard for me to walk. It was becoming unbearable. It was clearly in the bones. So I began to take some heat treatment. I began to apply some balm and whatnot, but none of it is truly helping. And it was clearly something that wasn't fixing itself. So in about three or four days, we went to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh, it seems to be a, a spinal thing and, and maybe your, your backbone is not straight. So he gave me some back exercises. Um, he gave me some exercises around the hip bone as well. I did that for a couple of days. I was taking painkillers. But again, frankly, the minute I went off the painkillers, the pain just excruciatingly came back. And at that point of time, the doctor was like, let's let's just get an MRI done. And we got a full body MRI done, which included the hip MRI. And in that hip MRI, it emerged 
then I had something called AVN. I encourage you not to Google AVN because if you Google AVN, the first thing that you get is adult video network, which may not be what you're looking for. AVN medically stands for avascular necrosis. And for those who may not know what that is, it's basically a disease where the blood supply to the hip bone, in this case, the hip bone, <coughs> stops. So the hip bone isn't getting any blood anymore and it begins to decay. And because it is a joint, it begins to decay and it starts rubbing itself with the socket that it is in. And there is nothing that's smoothening or, or creating it into a friction free environment. So it begins to hurt and hurt really, really bad. And that explained why I wasn't able to walk because the hip bone on my right hip was basically dying. And I distinctly remember when this diagnosis was there, the doctor wrote on the prescription, stop walking, stop walking. Because he didn't want any more damage to happen. He wasn't even sure of how much damage had already happened. So he was like, just stop walking and don't do anything that increases the damage to this hip bone. And a hip bone or avascular necrosis happens because of, of three things. It's either excessive drinking, excessive smoking, or steroids, <laughs> none of which applied to me. So I lay in that 10% where the reason for the avascular necrosis to happen to you or was, was not known. And this is a disease that happens to one in every 100,000 people. So I was clearly one in a million, uh, truly one in a million, <laughs> where I was affected with this disease and not the reason of why it happened in the first place. Long story short, there was one way out of it. And that was something called core decompression, which is a surgical procedure. Um, there is a small slit that is made in the calf bone and a small calf bone the size of a capsule is cut and it's taken out. It's grinded, so it's translated into powder. Then there are two holes that are drilled in the hip bone and this powder is inserted in the hip bone. And then I have no idea how it happens, but just by sheer miracle of science, the hip bone begins to heal itself. And it's a long healing process. It takes a couple of years for you to get back to normal. Uh, it's quite likely that you will always walk with a limp. And I was aware of all of this. And the surgery was such that I would have to be on bed rest for about three months and I will have to use crutches to walk for at least five more months. And that was a really big thing for me because I'm a very active person and I love walking and I love talking and all of this came as a bolt. But I was like, look, you got to do what you got to do. So let's just take it with open arms and, and go about the surgery. So I did that surgery and I was in bed rest for three months. I was using crutches for, for five months. I was slowly recovering, slowly getting back into action. And I remember distinctly, I was on a flight to Bombay and I love flights because it gives me time to think about things. So I was just contemplating about the last eight, nine months that have gone by. Um, I was again overweight because there was no physical exercise that had happened, um, but I was now conscious of the fact that I was overweight. I had to control my diet and so on. But the overwhelming thought that I had on that flight was life told me to stop walking. So how could I tell life 
that I'm over with this chapter? Like what would be the best response back to life that this chapter is over? And in that moment of craziness, I said, you know, the best response will be for me to run. Like that'll be the best response. If life told me to stop walking, I would run. And in that moment, I decided that I would sign up for the Delhi Half Marathon that happens every year in the month of October, November. I was sitting in January of that year. And I didn't tell my doctor because I'm sure that the doctor would freak out like, dude, you've just come back from avascular necrosis, surgery of core decor pressure. It'll take you about one to two years to heal. No one runs a marathon in this state, so you shouldn't. And I do recognize that that was quite foolish of me to even sign up, but I did. And I started preparing for it. It was really, really, really hard because now I had to get up in the morning, I had to run. And I had never done anything like this before in my life. I had to change my diet. I had to become light. I was 90 kgs at that point of time. I, I would imagine even more. And I had to get back to shape. And I had to run this marathon and complete these 21 kilometers in less than three hours. And I think the, the marathon that year happened in the month of November. This is 2013 that I'm talking about. And before that day, I had never in the entire five months that I had practiced and prepared for that marathon, I never run 21 kilometers. The best that I had run was 14. So I arrived that day not having done what I was supposed to do in order to win. And I started running and it was really, really hard. The first seven kilometers were relatively easy, but after that I was just sweating and panting and struggling for breath. And then 14 kilometers came in, so I knew that I would complete it, but by then I was just totally out. And then I just walked and limped and ran a little bit here and there to complete the 21 kilometers, and I completed it in, I think, two hours and 40 minutes, so shy of the three hours that you're given to complete. And instead of feeling good about that, because that's what I had promised myself, right? I'd said, I will show you life that I have completed this chapter of stop walking by running and completing this half marathon. And I felt that it would be such a great moment for me, but at that point of time, frankly, I felt like a loser. I felt like a criminal. And the reason was because I felt that, oh my God, I had prepared five months for this thing, never ran 21 kilometers before this day, and I could just suddenly show up and run 21 kilometers? And if you really think about it, 21 kilometers in three hours, is like seven kilometers an hour. That's like brisk walking. That's not even running. So anyone, in my opinion, can complete a half marathon should they want to in three hours. And that is when I asked myself, what is something that I have to do or something that I would want to do that I can't cheat? Like, I can't just cheat one day, show up, and run 21 kilometers. So what's that one thing where I cannot cheat? What's that one thing that will require me to walk towards that thing every single day of my life, and I can't just one day show up and say, hey, I did it, without ever having done it? And in that moment of craziness, I said, I'm going to get six-pack abs. Because you can't get six-pack abs just because you wish for them. You have to change your entire life to get six-pack abs. And it will require you to become a completely different person to get six-pack abs. And I began preparing for that journey. 
I changed my diet completely. I was, I think, about 86 or 87 kgs at that point of time. I've lost a little bit of weight because of the preparation for marathon, but not as much because it's just cardio and you're just running and not anything else. So I changed my entire diet. I went into a lot of raw. I went into a lot lesser than I used to. I intensified my workout. I went full into weight lifting and training with weights because that is what I realized and I read was the best way to build your muscles and to get lean, which is what I wanted to do. I had to basically reduce my body fat. My body fat at that point of time was between 26 to 28%. And six pack abs begin to show at around 8% body fat. So I had to dramatically reduce my body fat. And for that, I had to just cut down on the calories and intensify my muscle build out. And I worked like I'd never worked before for those five months. For those five months, I was a completely different person. And in five months, I was 69 kgs. My body fat was 7% and I had my six pack abs. I was so thrilled because this wasn't something that I could just one day show up for. This wasn't something that I could cheat my way through. This was something that I had to do every single day of my life to become this person that I had signed up for. And I was so, so thrilled that quite contrary to who I am as a person, I was like, let's get a photo shoot done. And if you were to Google Ankur Variku's six-pack apps, you will actually find my topless six-pack apps photographs which I'm, by the way, not embarrassed about, but it's just so not me. And I love who I was in those photographs. There's also comparison. So you'll see the plum Ankur Variku before he got those six-pack abs. And I absolutely fell in love with this new person that I found. And the reason I'm sharing this with all of you is not because I want you to embark upon this fitness journey or, or be inspired, while I would love for you all to do that, it is to hopefully make you realize that if there's one thing, just one thing in the world that is genuinely reflective of your individual commitment and discipline, it is being fit. Almost everything else that we do and we achieve in life will be the culmination of not just our work, but that of several others. There will be people who would have helped us. There would be a lot of luck involved. There would be something that's working as a machinery in addition to what you were doing to make that work. But when it comes to fitness, when it comes to just being fit, there's nothing and no one else. It's just you, yourself, your body, your mind. You can't buy your way into a fit body. You can't wish that you remain fit without working towards it. There is no one that you can blame for not being fit and there's no one that you can thank but yourself for being fit. And that's such a beautiful thing and a very, very powerful thing if you consider thinking about it. Being fit for me has been a second life and I, and I don't think there's any other better description that I can have for that. I genuinely got a second life because I discovered fitness and it's tragic that I discovered it through an accident and through something that pushed me into a corner to realize that I needed to get fit and respect my body and respect what we were given when we were born. And I just hope that most people 
realize this without that accident, without that injury, without that disease, without that surgery. They realize it because it is a beautiful thing what we have. And it is a wonderful, wonderful way of respecting not just what you were born with, but your own true self within by respecting your body. This is a really long podcast episode. I think the longest one that I've recorded so far, but I'm glad that I did. And I hope that this benefited you. And there is an entire YouTube video that I've created on this fitness journey, which has all the details about the diet that I followed, the exercise regime that I followed. If you care enough, then you can, of course, go and check that out. But more importantly, I'd love for you to reflect upon what I just shared with you. And that is being fit is the truest form of solo achievement one has in their life. On that note, stay safe. God bless. To be notified of upcoming episodes, be sure to subscribe and follow the show on this app right now. Also, don't forget to rate and review the show because that just feels nice. Thank you. Thank you.